sent the conversation out. I mean, not the conversation. When you sent the text out, uh, I don't know who started the text today, but I just like just because of like who I'm dealing with, like I just felt like I should. As far as like the logistics, and I'm like I'm dealing with the I'm dealing with the production crew. And I was like I feel like I need to be on top of it right now. And I felt I'm not gonna lie. I was like oh man, I felt like I should have sent out a calendar invite or something, and then, like <laughs> make sure this is right. Like because you know I'm just like okay, like I gotta treat this like a show. Like they're used to doing shows, and so we're talking about like even though we're just gonna have a conversation, you know I'm just like I just. You know, I just feel like, oh, man, I feel like I should be on it, you know, make sure there's not any error or anything. So, but um, what time show time, man? What time is show time? That's what six, we six. <laughs> We're early. <laughs> We're early. Don't worry, the artist, the artist is still going to be late. So we, we, can, yeah. we can talk for at least. We need Marco. Marco. So there was there was it's funny you, you you're talking about uh, artists, the artists being late. Um, cause like during the election, you know, like everybody was looking at Nevada and I got on Twitter and I saw this one post or tweet and it had a picture of Lauren Hill and <laughs> it's like, uh, it said like, there, you know, there's like the caption is like, um, the U S waiting on Nevada and it's like Nevada and then a picture of Lauren Hill right underneath. And like, I know I put it up and some people were like, I don't get it. And I was like, Oh man, you haven't heard like, <laughs> You've never been to Lauren Hill stuff. <laughs> right. <laughs> like notorious. And you I just pre show party. Yeah. Javier. <laughs> yes, sir. Do you remember when we did the Grammys with Demi and she, uh, Lauren Hill sound checked. Yes. And camera blocked. And then she never came back. Yeah, <laughs> she yeah. never performed. Yeah, wait, wait, that wasn't Lauren Hill. I think that was Rihanna. No, no, it was Lauren. That Hill. was Rihanna because 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 uh, Mike was playing drums. I Mike think it was Rihanna. So, right, wait so to wait. ruin my story. <laughs> <laughs> just, try, just try to be factual here, man. <laughs> so wait a minute. When you all right? What is so you said? Uh, sound check and camera block. What what is what is that? Well, for a big show. Or a film show, they camera block and get all the camera angles, you know, worked out before the actual recording. Um, so usually you'll sound check and then they'll work on their camera blocking. Uh, we 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 have some really, really we have some really really funny things that have happened over the years with with the three of us in terms of of camera blocking and and show and and shows especially TV shows because they. They run on a very, very, very tight schedule. Of course, concerts, 90% of the times, I would say, kind of run on our schedule or the artist schedule. So we could kind of dictate and manipulate that. But when it comes to a to a TV show, Grammys or, or any of those, um, we're, we're obviously on their time frame. There's commercial breaks, set changes. There's a lot going on. But um, we were in Kuala Lumpur, guys. Is that it? When we... When when we had uh, Jakarta, we were doing, doing Frozen. With, oh my with God, me. Jakarta! <laughs> so um, I'll kind of I'll I'll just kind of set this up. We're in Jakarta and we're doing uh, a, it wasn't necessarily an award show, but it was a it was a big TV show. Yeah. Or the region, and I'm talking probably a few million people in the region were watching this show, and um. I was with Demi. I was backstage uh, in constant communication with TC, who does her monitors. 
um, Adam was doing broadcasts, so he was in the in the broadcast truck, and Lenny's on stage making sure everything's getting ready. So I, we're just in constant communication and making sure everything's on time, everything's moving, everything's on time. And so, like I had ex- explained before, my link to everything is Lenny. You know, we, if Lenny says go, I go. We start moving Demi and all that stuff. And you'll hear a lot of terminology for us backstage when we'll say, okay, you need to start walking. Meaning you, you need to start moving towards the stage. And so here we are, and I have a handler, a, a local promoter, a local TV show handler, and they're with me. And I'm telling her, like, I'm getting the, the, the go from my stage manager to say start walking. And she goes, no, 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 no. We have at least another commercial break. You should stay here. I'm like, uh, Lenny Rogers says start walking. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm, I'm like, I really think we should start walking. She says, no, 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 stay here. We still have another commercial. And I'm like, and I, 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 I guess I got on radio with you, Len, and I say, hey, they're telling me to hold. And Lenny's like, you, I highly advise <laughs> that you start walking right now. Yeah, and go ahead. Me. You can pick girl? it up. Where's your girl? Right, 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 right. Uh, uh, where's my girl? When I'm standing with TC, I'm like, dude, I wonder, you know, I'm calling Javier. First, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Javier. But first, when we got there, day four, we're looking at dressing rooms. It's two miles away, and Javier and I are like, uh, we, she needs to start walking right now. She's not even in the country, and she needed <laughs> need to start walking her to the stage right now. I'm like, oh, God, this is never going to work, right? So go ahead, Javier. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but that's No, crazy. no, no. And it, oh. it, it's, tr- it's true. <laughs> the dressing rooms and the holding area was really, really far away for this for this TV performance. And, and, and again, this is when, um, you know, Demi did Frozen, um, the, the Disney soundtrack song, and it was massive. I, mean, I think we toured the whole Let It Go right? on this one. Yeah, or sorry, Let It Go. Yeah, we, we did this whole, we toured the planet on this one song many times over. We did every TV <laughs> show you could imagine. We we went everywhere on this one song. It was massive. It's Disney, you know, it was massive. So, um, yeah, again, Lenny said, start walking, and they held me. And uh, it, it got to a point where it got really sticky. Go ahead, Len. You, you and TC picked this part up because I wasn't inside, so I don't really know what happened. <laughs> well, yeah, it's funny because you were with her and, and on our end, like I was standing on the, up, like on the, on the corner of the stage where, they, where she would come up and I'm holding her microphone and Lenny is at the bottom of this ramp with our playback guy. And he's going, they're telling me to go. And I didn't even have a radio. And I'm going, the only way that I can uh, communicate is that I'm holding her microphone. And so Lenny's going. Because everybody's wearing their inners. They're telling me to go. And the thing is, is like, once they hit go, it, what play, play the on playback. effects are like, it starts video, fall, like special effects audio lighting it's like the whole shooting match is going off and so they hit the space bar is like go and i say into her mic she's not even fucking here (laughs) (laughs) and it and i and we were we were in the dressing room two miles away like we were so far away (laughs) and so as it turns out 
you know. Should I give my Should I give my portion of the story now? It was hot I and loud. Broadcast, and here I am dropping the f bomb. <laughs> so the stage uh, manager's on his headset going. The stage manager's on his headset looking at me and broken Indonesian going like and go. And Marco and I'm like he's saying go unless Demi's coming from the other side. And I can see Javier super bright light. I can see that super oh, yeah, bright that light. light of yours. And I'm like, oh, Marco's looking at me. I was knew that we had screwed the pooch, man. I just said, oh no, what has happened here? So then, so the best, after that, happen. they went to commercial break, and then they pushed her out there like they were panicked. They didn't know what to do, so they had to stop everything. We basically false started the performance the entire live on tv to millions of people it, it was music like tc said music lights snow everything you could imagine started happening on stage and the only person on stage was tc not demi <laughs> <laughs> yeah so Pretty good so my so my view of of all of this in broadcast was uh I was in there with the with the audio team, and I was mixing the the audio broadcast and the uh, the the actual broadcast broadcast people were right in the booth next to me. And when it happened, uh, you know, I was waiting like the rest of the guys were. And yeah, the only point of communication was TC into Demi's mic that he's holding, ready to hand to her and go on. And uh, the band was set on stage. Everything was there. I had a video monitor in front of me where I could see what was what was happening i had a screen of just like a camera on the st on the stage like a live shot and then i had the actual broadcast uh next to me and uh and they start doing the commotion inside i'm sure the same thing that the guy on the headset's telling lenny we gotta go we gotta go and i'm doing the same thing i like we know what our cue is we know that demi is starting at her microphone like we know we know how we are supposed to start the show and none of that's ready. And like, they're like, go, go, go. So I'm, I'm like yelling at them, like, this is not, no, this is not, you know, it's already hard enough that we don't have radios and we don't have some of these communicate, these communication devices that we all use to make things happen quickly. But that all starts happening. And so the music, all of a sudden, I just hear the music starting. So I know Marco started and I had her. Uh, I had her fader for her vocal down because I would have brought it up into the mix when I saw her on stage. It wasn't there. But then I see movement on the meter on the on the console, like some someone's talking into it. And I don't know if it's Demi. So I just we're the music starting like we should have already heard singing. So I just instinctually brought it up without listening first. Right. Good idea. And then uh, <laughs> without checking it first. Uh, no, but it was so quick that I brought it up just in time for TC to go. Just basically what you said, dude, she's not even fucking here. And, it was just, and, I, and then I shocked and I brought the I brought the microphone back down. And these guys behind me are looking at me like they obviously understand the F word. Everybody does. And, uh, <laughs> and they're looking at me and I just look in and the guy pops his head in in the broadcast booth. And I just start yelling at them like, you have to go to commercial. You have to. <laughs> I'm sure at that point, Lenny had already been screaming at him. Everybody's probably already yelling on stage, but they all were just looking at me panicked. And I was like, go. And that's when they cut. And it was just like everybody just like, oh, my God, that was live <laughs> to we, millions so of we, people. 
millions of people. So we we were panicking, obviously. And so here I come walking up, uh, as Lenny says, with the the flashlight, Demi right there in tow. We have security. We have the whole movement of the A party. You're like, what's up, guys? I'm like, hey, what's going on? (laughs) So we get to the bottom of the ramp, and I just see the panic in everyone. And I knew that it had started. I knew that there was a false start. I knew we were kind of – we were behind the eight ball and like, oh, man, um, I was ready as like, OK, here's what's going to happen. man. We're all going to get plane tickets home and it's all going to be middle seats in coach <laughs> all the way back, man, <laughs> all the way back. And so I have Demi at the at the bottom of the ramp to go up on stage. And again, they they jumped to commercial. So here we have maybe 90 seconds to kind of get our heads around us and, and figure out what we're going to do. And. And so I explained it to Demi and she just looked at me and and she just kind of just nodded. And I'm thinking, this is great. This is great. We're all going to go home after this. We are going home after this. And so we get her up to the top of the stage and the 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 house stage manager, the, the TV show stage manager just goes up to Demi and just apologizes like, I'm so, so sorry. I'm so sorry. And she just has her microphone and she just looks at him and shrugs her shoulders and she goes, it's your show, buddy. <laughs> and just walked on the stage and to do to do the show. And I was and like, oh Jack. my God. <laughs> it was like the complete the opposite time. reaction of what and you I would remember, expect. Yeah. yeah. She was so cool about it. I remember afterwards Demi going, guys, I want everybody to know this was not on us. We were ready to go. We moved at the pace that they were, you know, there's handlers that are bringing her. And we're yeah. following their directions. Javier's following her direction. They bring her to me, my guy sends her up the whole thing but demi i remember demi being super cool about the whole thing on assuring her team hey i realize it wasn't us i just thought that i had mad respect for her for that because that's kind of a big blunder right there yeah absolutely it was a big one so yeah tv shows timing it's key man you just never of course, know they come mean. they come back from commercial and, and we crushed it i mean it was like a yeah. it was a great show well it's like well, like we, nothing like nothing happened like, yeah, what we normally do. Now, TC has a funny story. I think you were, it was, well, you, you, we were with Demi. Um, it was the year Grammys, Demi, Demi did, uh, was it a Motown thing or was it a, I can't remember exactly, but Metallica was playing right before you guys. one when it was a tribute to Lionel Richie. That's right. And Metallica was on right before you guys. And that oh, was, yeah. Yeah. That was, yeah. <laughs> that was the one with Lady Gaga. Yeah. That was a train wreck. Yeah. That like was, that James was Hetfield Mike never worked. <laughs> no. And uh, they went through this whole performance that was like Metallica hadn't played on the Grammys in like, I, it was something like 20 years. or, or And so it's supposed to be this big, gigantic thing for them. And uh, yeah. So James Hetfield's Mike just never worked. In the, and uh, the funny thing was Demi was performing after metallica so we were staged just off to stage right and with the ear monitor packs um we were we already had our ear monitors in and we were sharing a frequency with somebody from metallica so we were listening we were kind of like jamming out and being like cool this is metallica but then it was like man where's james hatfield's vocal (laughs) and uh it was awesome to see, man. He came off the stage and he was like a raging bull, man. I thought he was going to hurt someone. 
<laughs> just just cursing and stomp. I mean, he had every right to be pissed, but. And then we went to uh, the Palladium after. Oh, that's right. I saw, and saw Metallica in person. So, at the Palladium, it was amazing. So yeah. it's like, you, you know, you, you watch this stuff on TV, and it just seems like. I'm not going to say it's always perfect. Like, we, we've we seen it, you know, like just the Super Bowl with uh, Justin Timberlake and Janet yeah. Jackson. Like, those things happen, right? They get caught on live television. And it's like, <laughs> I mean, um, it's hard to I guess like more than James Hetfield's mic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. Go to the other singer. I guess like our, our, like our nobody like, has, a, there's no, there's no other microphone. Just give him a mic. <laughs> Seriously. Anything. There has to be another mic. No backup. <laughs> Take it off the snare. Who cares? <laughs> I guess, is it, is it like a thing? Like, is it like a thing of like, like it, like, you know, nobody's perfect. But it's like, do these things happen more, uh, more often than people actually think happen? Like with some of these, uh, just, minor mistakes or errors that happen during the stupidest, productions. The stupidest stuff <laughs> happens all the time. I remember I remember back when I was with Owl City, they, they, uh, we played the club uh, club Nokia in L.A. And uh, for him at that time, it was like the first L.A. outing with his single and all that stuff. Massive show. Like, and just, of course, it's always hyped up way more than it needs to be in L.A. Uh, but it was a big show, and we go and start – and our guy who's upstage right, who plays, he's got a guitar rig, he's got a keyboard rig, he's got a xylophone rig that's mic'd up. He's got <laughs> all this stuff. He's, dude, he probably has 25 inputs worth of stuff on his riser. And he and his power, this is Andy Frost, our buddy Andy Frost learned from this mistake. He ran most of the stage power off of like basically one, one quad box on stage right. Uh, and uh, this kid goes... Top of the set, intro music's playing, black stage, lights go up, he jumps on stage and uh, kicks out the quad box from the distro. And it just shuts off all of the upstage power. I mean, just drum pads and, and, you know, his whole rig. And it just, it was like a simple mistake, but it completely ruined the whole, like we had to stop and start again. I mean, it was one of those just, (laughs) it's like, uh, what's that T? You just never recover. I know it's hard. Five it's hard to emotionally recover from something like that. And 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 mind you, we're 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 the crew. I mean, I I can't imagine sometimes you know being being that artist that's out there. You know, they're the face of it. I mean, they're the ones that we're supporting, and and mistakes do happen, and it's really tough to come back from it. And you just you don't really know, you know, first of all, what the outcome is is going to be on the back end, ramifications of 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 any mistake, and sometimes you know. It's a big spotlight on you, uh, you know, a Grammy performance. I, I, you know, I, a couple of years ago, a few years ago, back when when Adele had her thing with the piano and the and the microphone either fell on the strings or whatever, whatever the, the, the issue was. But that was gut wrenching to watch, like three and a half minutes of yeah. just this microphone vibrating on the strings. Of the and piano. we all knew and, exactly what we And we all know. And I'm just like, someone stop. It's it's. Like, <laughs> It was so painful to watch and you could see it on her face and you know the crew and by that point you know everyone in broadcast and everyone is just cringing inside. But what do you do when it's live and you go, especially on TV performances, 
man, that's a that's a tough one. That's a tough I'll one. tell you what we did, Javier. You don't remember what we did after that that uh, Indonesian gig? We, went we were sweating it, and Demi really helped us a lot. And the next morning, we got on a plane, the three of us, and went to Bali. Well, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, hey, yeah. This is our swan song right now. We're going to Bali. Yeah, yeah. We went to Bali for a few days. For the call to come. Yeah. <laughs> if the call's going to come, it might as well come to this place right now if they can get Yeah, there. exactly. I, 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 we, we kind of figured that if we were going to get fired, they would have to get a hold of us in Bali where our cell phones didn't work anyway. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck finding us on, 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 on the beach. In, uh, was it Holiday Beach? I forget where we were. Was uh, it Paradise Beach? It was Paradise Beach. Yeah, it was something it was like that. Paradise it Beach, yeah. Oh, yeah, got there. Nowhere. That's awesome. You. You, <laughs> you know, after after having you know done like one on ones with with the, with with you, Adam and Javier and Lenny, um, I'm gonna have to get you on too, Tim. But <laughs> and like hear you guys' stories, and now to like have you guys together and like to hear it all, like you guys sound sound like a and I know again I haven't talked to you guys one on one, but just uh, again having you together, like you guys seem like it's seem like you have an awesome time and an awesome bunch to 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 be on the road with as well so, yeah, yeah, we, I think we, that's, we enjoy each other uh, that's that's key first off yeah you know um enjoy the crew that's that's that the extended crew uh, around us um we respect each other um you know i respect every one of these guys uh and and you know, we'll go into battle with each other any day of the week and we have we we really really have i mean there's been some really 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 intense gigs where you just don't know really what's going to come out of it i mean are we going to be able to walk away with this from this with all of our gear is it all going to get stolen is it where what are we doing how are we gonna how are we gonna make it you know we're yes. gonna tell that we're gonna tell uh, that china story we're gonna tell that china story <laughs> minute, but i wanted to touch on something that you you just did <laughs> look at that i can't wait to tell it <laughs> I got pictures. Adam's <laughs> <laughs> thinking how to tell the story. The interesting part about it is that, you know, you hear people use the word brotherhood. You know, the military uses it, the police uses it, rightfully so. It is a brotherhood. And it's kind of like coming from a big family. My mom had seven children, and she used to, and this is kind of how it works on the road. It's like, it's like, like these guys, we have been a lot together, and it is a brotherhood. And it's kind of like, you know, I can say what I want about either any of these guys right here, but don't you dare say anything. <laughs> you know, who, who's the first one you're looking for? You know, something goes down or something gets intense. You're looking around for somebody in your tribe, right? What right. you say? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, you, I mean, there's, there's, uh, I don't think you ever, ever go into a, a hairy situation on the road uh, solo. You know, you always try to have your, your people around you. Really, just to just to just to support and 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 have justification with what you're saying and what you're doing and the procedure that you're going through or, or about to about to go into is correct because there are a lot of things that happen mostly that you just don't get any sleep, right, guys? Like, and you you're so tired and you get faced with such challenging decisions to make on any given day and sometimes some of them can be life or death like is this stage safe enough 
to be on. I mean, if we want to talk about a Chinese, the Chinese show, you're like, are, are, are we are we safe to be on the space? You know, and 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 you're tired. You haven't slept. It's three in the morning, and you're like, what should we do? And it, it, there's many a times where it would be us powwowing, you know, on the corner of the stage somewhere, going, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? And you know, we have to really be honest and open and and trust one another to really be able to make it through some of these situations. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's not just, I mean, the, the China story aside, it's like we have literally walked into a, a venue many, many times before where there's, where nothing has been, like nothing's been done prior. Like we, no, the gear isn't there. Like nothing is there to do a show. And we have in that day wrangled all the pieces to give shows to like tens of thousands of people, not just like a barbecue of 50 people, like <laughs> massive. I mean, I'm thinking the, the, um, Oh gosh, was it? Uh, where did I get the manicure with Danny? Um, <laughs> Cambodia or in Vietnam? the no the Philippines <laughs> when we did the Philippines with the with where where TC and I had to mix together at the same console in front of house. No, and, that was that was Cambodia. Cambodia. Was it Cambodia? Yeah. I mean, just like we <laughs> should have contractually walked into that place and gone nope, nope and just and wandered around out. and yeah. said like no, we did not sign up for this. Like this is not what you agreed to, but we somehow made that happen and like you would think that while doing that the guys you're with guys and gals you're with would just have the shittiest attitude and people just like god get me out of here but somehow like we're all able to just like luckily you know have just be with each other and have be able to feed off each other That's and the vent, vent and all think i've ever seen it was the like biggest stage. Not even exaggerating. It was like a half a mile walk <laughs> to the dressing <laughs> From yeah, front of house to stage. backstage was like a quarter of a mile. But it looked like, it looked like a Kiss production from 78. It was Cyro. There was everything. <laughs> and we just we were like... You got any microphones? They're like, no, for sure. We don't have any of those. Like, they had not even the most basic things to make that show happen. Uh, I mean, there's a, there's at least a half a dozen others that I can think of where we just saw, and for and luckily, I'll say, like, luckily for the artist, you know, there's always the old adage, like, we wouldn't be there without the artist. But I mean, luckily for the artist, and and I know Demi appreciated, obviously, because I do specifically that 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 show, Cambodia. Remember her being like, oh my god. You guys, yeah. high fives yeah. all around. It was like, and but like, we just rallied together and said like, wouldn't it be something if we could like make this happen? And we just did. I mean, it was a great show. It was, yeah. you know, on paper it was awful, but <laughs> to the people it was amazing. So afterwards, we're in the shuttle. Javier, you can jump in any point at this, buddy. Mm. We're in the shuttle. We're on the grounds of the venue, and they're driving in circles around the grounds and the gates are locked and they won't even let us out of this hell hole. Correct? <laughs> Absolutely. The guy stops, Javier gets out of the shuttle and just starts walking across the field. We don't know where he's going. He's gone. It was 40, 45 minutes of us just driving in circles. What had happened, Cliff, what had happened was <laughs> that, that there were so many people at the show and they were letting the pedestrians, like like any festival or any show or anything like that, yeah. kind of uh, you know leave. Um, 
and and and, and but you, you got to imagine crowd control in right. Cambodia, and uh. it was it was a little <laughs> challenging in that. And the other side of it is a normal loadout. We would have you know semis, and we'd have all kinds of other stuff. But we're in Cambodia, and we just have what we would call a fly pack, which is very limited gear. And and some of it didn't even show up to the show. So we were packed up right. and ready to go within probably 30 minutes. We were we were leaving before probably some of the some of the audience was actually leaving the ground. So we when I said we were ready to go, we all jump in the van, we're ready to go, and the van is trying to get us out, but they had locked the gates to Dude, you mean we we were ready to go. We weren't just um, like, yep, ready to go. <laughs> and so they had locked. They, 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 they were funneling all the audience out of one, which is the entry gate. They were funneling them out of that gate. And so they would not let us, the artist team, out of any of the gates. And so uh, Lenny's not exaggerating. When we drove, I think, to every single gate um, around in circles until um, – yeah, I got out of the van and just started walking. It kind of reminded me of it, it, it reminded me of you remember the remember the the, the, the end of Kung Fu, Lenny? <laughs> uh, you remember he the just starts walking. Was David Carradine? We just, so just walk off to the, the end of <laughs> Incredible Hulk. Well, Incredible Hulk doesn't. We're like, where's he going? He, he's just walking off into the like just starts walking with no you know I'm like what? Javier just happening? drops his tattered shirt and just keeps walking around the world. Yeah. He's just they done. Broke they broke him. No. What what I was doing is I was I was insisting on a gate getting open and which I got open. Most most of the time we'll get my way on that one. <laughs> yeah, we got up to Javier's gate and the thing was bent like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they but didn't you open guys, the gate. You, <laughs> you Yeah, Javier mentally opened it. You guys might remember on the flight home the next day, Demi was on the flight and literally hand wrote everybody in first class, hand wrote everybody a note, and and Holly and Jill brought it back, and Mm -hmm. I still have mine. Javier was asleep. They dropped it on Javier's lap, and as we're getting off the plane, I said, did you get the note? He goes, come on, I thought it was you guys. No, I didn't get the note. And I said, she wrote that. He goes... What? I go, that Demi wrote that. She wrote one for all of us. And you turn going against traffic. <laughs> <laughs> Grabbed it. Go get this note. <laughs> it's like, excuse me, park me. Excuse me, park me, park me. <laughs> like you thought it was us joking through it. <laughs> yeah, no, she was very nice. She she wrote us yeah, a, a hand wrote us all all a, a thank you note on on I, I think it was like you know the 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 Sky Mall back page. <laughs> it was, no, it was it her was um awesome. Yeah, was I was looking at mine the other day, and it had like where she had scribbled out some words and then made a little in parentheses. Oops, turbulence. And I'm like, <laughs> I was on that plane. It wasn't no turbulence, honey. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, what's this? Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's, Cambodia. that's that show. That, that is Smith. that show. You're right, Cambodia. Mark Southern. Oh, <laughs> so Javier. So Javier, yeah. just just one more little reminder. You and I and Chris Smith, we also went for a midnight focus, and you and he and I, we landed at the hotel, instantly dropped and went to take Chris Smith out there. You and mm. he and I. In China or Cambodia? Well, every city we did, but which which one are you talking about? It was in China. 
Remember yeah. that outdoor thing? Yeah, when absolutely. That, we had no catering or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. And we dropped Chris Smith and we we're there about an hour and a half looking around, trying to figure it out and had to leave Chris Smith for midnight focus with some people that did not speak, you know, and I just remember the look in his face, like you're, you're leaving me. We're like, yeah, we, <laughs> we got, we're going to go back to the hotel and sleep. <laughs> I just, your job. Yeah. Driving away from him. I just felt this like, ah, oh, that poor guy, you know, like, are we ever going to see him again? Yeah. I, I I have to say I, I don't really remember. What did we take China Southern Air or something like that, or China Western Air? So it was it was something like that. I don't remember the main city that we flew into, but then we did this connection and we went deep. Wasn't deep. it Wuhan? It was Wuhan. Wasn't it? <laughs> it may oh. have been. Oh, no, I'm serious. I thought it was. I thought it was. And so we went deep, deep, deep into China. Um, and we and and so we landed. A, basically a regional airport in china and i want to say it's maybe a maybe midnight when we finally get there coming from i don't even know where uh probably cambodia or something like that right and so we land at midnight and we're thinking nine times out of ten we get in a car or van whatever takes us straight to the hotel we're in the hotel about you know 30 minutes or something like that i want to say it was a two-hour drive from that's where tc got sick yeah, yeah, it was so, so, so windy and so just dirt roads out in the middle of nowhere. And the further and further and further away we get from from that small town, it was just getting more and more sketch. I'm like, I don't know what we're getting ourselves into. And and it was actually got to a point where I think our load in was something like 3 a.m. We had set for that, thinking that we would be able to go to the hotel, take a shower, get some rest. And then go to the 3 a.m. load in. But it was got to the hotel, dropped our bags, got back in that van and went for another hour drive to the venue. So I've never been so far removed, so remote ever. I mean, it would be like doing Coachella, but not cool, but landing at LAX and then having to make that drive and just in the middle of the night. And and oh, it was brutal. It was brutal. Landing in PHX. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 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 It was very. see you got really car sick on that on that drive to the hotel. I remember that. That was one of your famous get me out of this van trips. <laughs> that is wow. TC gets very car sick. We're, we all pile into like this this like bus, and we're laughing and having a blast like we always do. And she goes, she's laughing and she's never with us. And she goes, man, this is so fun. We should travel like this all the time. <laughs> Demi, we do. <laughs> we do. You we don't. do. <laughs> right. <laughs> we always travel in a pack. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. It seems like because I again I, I don't I don't know, but it, it seems like you guys have. Uh, a relationship with the artists like as far as like it's not just you guys come in you got and set up and you don't like there's zero and i and i know doing you know in your position javier you you interact with the artists on some level but it 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 seems that it's not just like you know on the creative putting together the show or just strictly business like there's a bit of a personal relationship as well is, is that correct or 
I would say of <clears throat> like as far as like because you know like you you know as like you don't just know them as an artist like you you kind of know them as a person a little bit not saying like you know like your best friends or anything but oh no um, absolutely absolutely yeah. and 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 you you well a uh, little backstory TC and I shared the same. Uh, job for a, a long time. I was a monitor engineer and, uh, before I became a production manager, and TC, um, God bless him, has, has, has stuck with being a monitor engineer. And having that, being a monitor engineer, and and, and having that connection with with artists and and the band and kind of like all of that is is key because you need to build a certain level of trust and you need to build a certain level of of open, honest communication. And so for, for the years and years in, of my career of being a monitor engineer and, and just being able to walk up to the artist and just have a very direct, frank, open, honest conversation without, uh, you know, having stars in my eyes or being intimidated or anything like that, I, I think, I, I hope has kind of helped me kind of navigate through through my career to be able to say, okay, I could walk up to the artists that I that I work with and and have these open conversations. And I would say this team, this this the, the, these guys here uh, on this call, all feel the same way because they can walk up to the artists and have that open communication, kind of have that open dialogue. And it's it's important that you do and have that honest, honest, honest open conversation. And within that, obviously, builds trust, and it builds, um, a, you know, a, a different layer of of relationship. They're not just your boss. I mean, there are some that you work for, you do a few gigs with, and you may move on. But some you have relationships with for, uh, you know, a very long time. I know Adam has had a long relationship with with Christina. Um, Christina Perry was very has been a very uh, long friend. Um, TC, you've worked with some artists for ages and ages and ages, you know, long, long since, and obviously Lenny as well, you know, and you, and you build this level of trust and you have these long standing relationships with these people. So yes, you may not be sitting at Thanksgiving dinner with them. Uh, and you, you know, you may not be sharing funny texts with them every day or anything like that, but they're, when, when you're on the stage and you need that, uh, they need that, that trust and they look over at you. And they they either smile or give you that wink, and they just know that everything's okay that day because you're there. You know, you're there representing them, right, Lynn? Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. It's important to them to walk in and see familiar faces. Also, people gawking at them all the time. They want to look around and say, "Hey, come here for a second. You know, I've got a question. You might not have the answer, but you know." And and I I've said that to everybody that the four of us have toured with at one point or another, which is. You know, if there's an issue, let me know ahead of time so I can get out in front of it. You know, don't let it fester. Tell me what you I even said to Demi. I've said it to Selena. I mean, it, the list goes on, which is what's going on. If you see something you don't like, just give me a heads up so I can fix this ahead of time. Yeah. And then so we don't see it anymore. And you walk in the next day and it's how you want it. But don't let it fester. Don't let it get to a point to where you're irritated with it. You know, what's going on? What do you want to see? What don't you want to see? Yeah, I think part of the... Out. I feel like part of the the thing that works in that whole in that whole uh, uh, equation is it's 
that we are able to fix these problems, but even more so like what Lenny was saying, you know, like we, we give those, we have Lenny as the one who's solving those types of problems. And like Javier types, Javier fixes his, you know, different types of problems, his own type. And, and Lenny and uh, TC fixes his, and, you know, we like, we all have our things, but we follow those chains of command so that it's a, it's still a professional uh, outfit. You know, and and there's consistency, and the artist always knows that if they're standing on stage, they know where Lenny's at. They look to him, they get their things fixed, or at least they know that Lenny will then reach out to one of us that needs to. I mean, it's it's common. I mean, I, my radio's going off, and it's Lenny during a show, and hey, you know, Max wants to hear this, his guitar, you know, it, or he's or he's hearing this. Do you or this sound? Do you hear it as well? And he's kind of uh, relaying these messages and you can trust that system's going to work. So, um, and it's important that we, we see a lot of acts and we have a lot of fellow crew, like friend groups that, that we know that uh, it's just kind of a little more messy and it's just like not how we work. Um, we just like the um, knowing that the, that the equation is always going to be there. You know, we're always following that. The relationship, the relationship isn't just within the crew. The relationship is with the artists as well. They are, we're all a team. Let's be honest. I mean, it, it has to be a unit. It has to be a team. And that extends to management. It extends to everything. It's the whole operation. Because if it's not, then things just start falling apart. You know, everyone starts doing their own little things for themselves and not for the greater good of the show. And that's where things, it starts unraveling quickly. I did a we did a we did a run of shows we did a uh, festival run with uh, with St Vincent um, a couple of years back and and I know you guys know we were hitting like just day after day after day we were hitting different um, festivals and th there was I want to say you know maybe three or four in a row that we hit and I hadn't really seen Annie St Vincent at all like I would just see her you know when she got to stage and so we we hit like maybe day number four festival number four which could have been about you know a week and a half worth of stuff and she comes up on stage music i mean she was running a little late music had already started we said go she looks at me and we've had a relationship for for, for a really long time and and i know where lenny is and and i and i'm about to put her on stage and she just looks at me and she just gives me a little thumbs up and a wink and all i did was just nod and she just walked right out on stage and she just knew within one second and one uh, nonverbal interaction that everything was fine. Everything was fine. Yeah. We're going to go out and we're going to do this, you know. Um, and it, those are the relationships, Cliff, that you have these working relationships that are so deep and so strong with these, with, with artists and, and not just the, the, the lead artists, it can be anyone on stage, you know, anyone we're there to support them. Any band member could be a dancer. It could be anything. It's just, we are there as that support team to, to give them um, the best platform possible to do the best possible uh, for the audience to have an amazing time. Well, maybe know, not amazing maybe. experience. <laughs> <laughs> of course, Steve. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and, and honestly, I, I, I learned that, uh, the biggest mistake you can make in, in, a, in a pinch like that is to bullshit them 
and come yeah, up with sure. an answer. And I learned directly Very from true. artists, and I can't say who. It taught me that what they want to hear is the truth. And, and, and I've learned to say over the years, look, I don't have that answer for you. I can get it for you. And next time you see me, I'll have the answer for that. But I'm not going to make something up because I don't know what the answer is. And I think they appreciate that, that that transparency, yeah. which is, okay, this guy's not going to shoot from the hip and make something up to make me feel good and have it not be the truth. He's going to go find out, bring it back to me, and we'll sort it out. I mean, who doesn't appreciate that? You know, yeah. and it took it took a down center telling me that. And I was like, okay, yeah, that's wonderful. That's a, in life, who doesn't want to hear that? Sure. You know, yeah. don't have the answer. I can get it for you. Yeah. Instantaneous. Mm. I think of the creative side, like just with, you know, with Annie Clark, St. Vincent again, like, I mean, the, when that whole thing started, um, Cliff, you and I talked about it a little bit, but like, Hav, you and I were just, we were only there in the beginning to be honest with her. You know what I mean? Yeah, like she was just dumping, she had a bucket full of parts and no instruction manual and she just dumped it out on the table and and like she was just like what do you guys think and it's just like we had to we had to be brutally honest with her and and uh and of course i don't mean like hey this isn't good i mean this is amazing how do we filter through this and like pick the best of the best and then give it a little taste of our own and figure out what you know how it all is going to work but to be able to like sit there in like the very beginning rehearsals when we're just just going through this stuff and there's nothing's aside like to be able to honestly sit there and be like i don't yeah i don't i don't know i'm not feeling this part or like you have this part but the sound's not right to be able to like tell the artist that especially yeah. someone like her who but it's like it wasn't it was totally things were on track you know and she it was never anything that we were like what are you doing which is how you know a project is like has got some life when you're and, you're not and, walking away at the end of a day being like Ugh, I don't know. Dude. Annie Annie's favorite saying was the best the, <laughs> the best idea wins. Anyone yeah. anyone in the crew anyone in the band anyone you put it on the table the best idea wins and so yeah. it was a very open dialogue. But in turn but for someone like TC like you want to talk about some intimate relationships with with artists and building those over time and really having their trust and faith. It's uh, that man, you know. Uh, We're talk about brutal honesty. For, for being as rough around the edges as he as he is, you know, uh, it, I've I, I've seen some artists just. Lenny, Lenny, I didn't hear you. What was that? I mean, did anybody? I don't know. Who's that singer? What was that song? Mandy. Who's that guy that sang Mandy? <laughs> uh, is there a clean version of that guy? You know, TC, you know what I'm talking about, right, brother? You, is there a clean version of the man? Tim, can you stories? please tell that story? It's been long enough. I mean, it's been long enough. I mean, you're, 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 <laughs> your contract has to be done by now, right? <laughs> is he still alive? I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like that story. I don't work for him. <laughs> um, yeah. it's also, you're not even honestly let me just say this before you decide if you're going to tell it or not it's not you honestly could you could it's not like people are going to be like oh him yeah yeah i've heard that like it's really not that kind of a, so you're not slandering him it's just the whole the whole situation is just amazing yeah it was an interesting experience so we're talking about barry manilow and it was a difficult uh 
So he was going through monitor engineers uh, like weekly. And so um, I had got a phone call and they flew me to mm -hmm. Vegas. And um, the first day I went down to the, uh, to the venue. Who's dinging? And I, I couldn't get in. So I went to the pool and uh, turned out that all they wanted me to do that night was just see the show. So it was for one day and they sent me home and uh, it took about a month and I never heard from anyone. So I thought that was the end of it. And then I get another call to go back and there's uh, three other monitor engineers all trying to uh, get the job. I've never been in a in the, any kind of environment like that where there's literally there's the current sitting monitor engineer who knows he's about to get fired and then there were three of us that were all there to uh win the gig so the cliff note version is that i got it and it was <laughs> it was a terrible experience just he's a very very difficult guy and uh Every night after the show, they would bring me to his dressing room and he would tell me everything I was doing to ruin his career. Oh. Uh, so I'm not really built out of what it takes to be like, just to be spoken to the way he would speak. Oh. It was really hard. <laughs> You're not going to speak to me that way. <laughs> so anyway... Uh, I knew it was coming. I mean, I lasted a few months, you know, but I, I, I knew it was building up inside of me. And uh, we kept having this conversation about his uh, his stage monitors. Believe it or not, Barry Manilow, he writes the songs. And uh, his stage monitors were excruciatingly loud. And it was bothering the band. It was just very difficult. So we kept having this battle back and forth about this. And so finally, one day, I've had, I'm at my limit, and he says to me uh, to turn up the wedges, and I did. And so eventually, he gets up and he and he starts walking toward me, and so I just, I just push back, and uh, he comes over and he says to me, "Where are the wedges, which are the stage monitors?" And uh, I said, "Right there." And he says, where? I said, right where it says wedges. And so he hits the fader all the way to the top, which is like plus a 20 dB or something. And uh, he Much goes louder. He, it's way louder. Yeah. <laughs> so um, he goes out to his piano and uh, he starts playing. And he about 30 seconds later stops and says, TC, can't you hear how loud these wedges are? <laughs> <laughs> and so I grabbed my top back mic, cleared my voice. Two hands. And I said, yes, I can fucking hear them and it's ridiculous. And I, I said, your entire band hates you and you don't even know it. I read for 30 seconds. And then he just quietly got up from the piano and walked off the other side of the stage. And um, uh, the stage manager came over and informed me that I was no longer needed. <laughs>
And uh, that was the way it ended with me and Barry. <laughs> I think one one final thing that I think that you forgot that you always told this is uh, that you went up on stage to to start tearing down the the set and the band all came up to you and and came around you were like, dude, that's awesome. Yes. They were doing that, and then the one guy just kind of went like, you know, you're fired though, right? The guitar like, player. Oh, he, goes, he goes, dude, that. That's awesome. <laughs> and then he looks at me and he goes, Clearly you're fired. <laughs> I was like, Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, but they didn't let you go for another like week or so, right? Didn't you do some gigs after oh, that? They didn't make me go home. <laughs> <laughs> you were still I in Vegas. <laughs> I stuck in my hotel room for another couple nights, but um yeah, I was, let him stay. My employment was terminated. Oh. Yeah. I mean, what what really happens in this? I mean, especially in someone like T's position, is that you build a a, a relationship, whether it's a good relationship or not, whether it's a good working relationship or not, and you build this relationship. And it could be like having a relationship with with anyone, you know, it could be like a family member or or, or a spouse or whatever, and it can hit, and it could be, it could just be like thunder or it could just be like lightning and you just don't know where it's going to go because you, you both of you put so much faith in each other on being able to do a good job and really really make it go you know and it could you, you there's definitely plenty 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 of stories besides t stories of monitor engineers just really just truly losing it <laughs> yeah. just, just you getting, a break, getting a breaking point we met Hmm? T, do you remember the first night we met? You first time I met you? Before we're in Niagara Falls doing, yes, Niagara Falls New Year's with Demi. Yeah. Minus but... 15 and we're playing outside. Mm -hmm. Minus 15? It was cold. ridiculously cold in Niagara Falls. It was so cold the falls were frozen and they were <laughs> outside. Literally the waterfalls were frozen. <laughs> <laughs> We're outside, TC's there, he's warming up to everybody. I don't know who you're replacing or what the deal me. was, but it was me. I was replacing Javier. Yeah. Okay, there I was is. moving, there I was moving out of that chair. I couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> We're there, TC's like, you know, TC's doing his thing, this and that, and it's uh we're taping it. And Javier says, Hey, we're walking, you know, do do your rounds with the is the band out there, we'll put the band out. Checking with video, checking with lights, checking with everybody, all the techs. I stick my head in the side tent and I go, hey, TC. I go, you ready? He goes, you bet. And I go, hey, don't fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just shut the thing. <laughs> and I take about three steps away. I go, man. You said, man, he's a really nice guy. <laughs> oh. Oh, and it went on to be what it is now, you know. That, that was like seven years ago, coming right up. So yeah, you guys, so the four of you have been a team for seven years now? No. Well, <laughs> 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 I, I, TC and I go back the furthest. And um, another comical story. But uh, I, I was being, I was actually being fired, uh, and I didn't know I was being fired from a, from a group. Uh, and I was doing monitors, and um, I had a disagreement with the tour manager, and he 
reached out to TC. This is before I know new TC, obviously, um, to come in and, and replace me. And I had no idea I was being fired. And TC had no idea that he was coming into a job uh, to replace someone. And that person was still on the job. <laughs> so I was still there. And TC comes flying in. And he's standing next to me at the mixing console with the suitcase. And I'm like, who's this guy? <laughs> and he's looking at me like, who are you? <laughs> so and I don't even, I can't even tell you what year that was, T. I mean, that was. That was 2009. There you go. God. 2009. Yeah. And so we go we go that far back. And then um, TC and I, uh, we obviously crossed paths then. And uh, since we had the same job, you could really never have two of us on the same gig. So we knew each other. Uh, we became friends after that incident, obviously. Uh, highly respected his work and, and his work ethic and, and who he was. Uh, I moved on and kind of went on. And then... Um, I was working with Selena when when Lenny came to me uh, from a mutual friend of ours, um, Brian Jenkins, and you guys were on um, Carrot together. Yeah. And uh, we were looking for a stage manager and Lenny was uh, trying to call, crawl out of a hole uh, that he had buried himself in after uh, Carrie Underwood. And uh, <laughs> he came, <laughs> came to rehearsals and... Uh, as Lenny, as Lenny said, we had the same watch, so he knew that we were going to have a long-standing relationship. <laughs> you watch, I'll tell you nice watch. I'm like, nice watch. I can't remember which one. I think it was uh, Sia. We were on Sia. Some arena. We're loading in. We're in a pretty good groove. And somebody from the house came out on the floor, and she approaches me. Gosh, it's like right into load-in. She says, well... You know, she sees me kind of doing my thing. She goes, you must be Javier. Like, you know, you're a take charge kind of guy. You, you must be Javier. I go, no, 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 no. I go, no, no, no. I go, I go Javier's dark hair. He's wearing glasses. And he's probably the only guy in the venue with a $400 pair of shoes on. <laughs> <laughs> this little chick walks away. And I see her walking around the arena just looking at everybody's shoes. And she comes up to me. She goes, are you out of here? I'm like, yeah. Goes, yeah I so. <laughs> they were $400, Lenny, but, you know, not, not each. <laughs> each. He's the only guy in here with nice shoes on at 8 in the morning. <laughs> um, so, Lenny and I, so Lenny and I started working on, on um, uh, Selena. We, we, did, we did a number of years together uh with selena and then we uh rolled over to demi and then uh adam while we were out on tour with demi uh christina perry was opening for demi and um night after night after night i would go out there and listen and watch christina perry and it was just an amazing show and she sounded phenomenal every single night it was just consistently good and it got to a point where i realized that the demi show what didn't sound as good and so uh i convinced some people to make a change and and bring adam into the demi camp and so he came over to us and uh i had already moved on from monitors from demi and obviously on that New Year's uh, gig out in Niagara Falls, I had called TC up to replace me. 
um, this time knowing that he was going to be there. <laughs> well, in hindsight, I think the only reason that I even got hired is because you saw the uh, the weather. It was cold. It was cold. You knew. <laughs> TC showed up in shorts. <laughs> He's from Boston. He's like, what? Is this weather? Like, I think I want to work in an office. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But yeah, TC and I crossed paths many a times, and uh, obviously we're, we 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 hadn't worked together, and and uh, but I just knew who he was, and everyone raved about T uh, as a monitor engineer, and I know that chair, I know that position, and I, I knew it well, and and everyone spoke highly of him, and so yeah, reached out, and then he became part of of Demi's team with with the with the rest of us. And then the rest of us were let go, and TC still with Demi. <laughs> <laughs> that was five, six years ago. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So he's yeah. been with her ever since. I mean, yeah. kind of kept a very, very, very long relationship with her. And uh, she's an amazing, amazing person, and she's a quirky personality. But TC can just stand toe-to-toe with her and, and, and shoot the shit and... Uh, it, very few people that I've ever seen Demi be completely comfortable around. And uh, I think we've all seen it with her and TC. It's just a, a comfort level that y- you can't even imagine, you know? Yeah, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever. Nah, that's a good one. She takes good what, care of me. What, what, <laughs> I think you, I wasn't there, but you told us a story. There was Demi had come down. Maybe Lenny, you were down there. She had come down. We had a, 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 a tall stage with an elevator system in it, and, and she had come down from the elevator um, post show. The end of the show is where where it lowered. And I guess you, you you guys had had some technical problems on the show, and so you go back underneath the stage to uh, where. Normally, no one was allowed but her, but her wardrobe and makeup team. And you went down there, and, and you were you were you were trying to get the information of what went wrong with either the microphone or in ears or something like that. And she's just talking to you like you're one of the girls, and she just starts taking taking her clothes off. Right, you're like, whoa, 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 you gotta stop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, she, she literally <laughs> took her pants off, and I was like, "Jesus Christ, Demi! Like, <laughs> I have a daughter." And she was, oh my God! You know. uh, a comfort, a comfort level of just being one, just one, one of one of those those truly, truly, truly inner circle people. Yeah. You know, Demi had a, a group of girls that were women with her that were just her her crew of hair and makeup and and wardrobe and and assistance and uh yeah t rolled right up into that and they didn't even blink an eye (laughs) it's a tough group of girls too because i had like from that christina perry tour the first run where i met all you guys like that you know yeah i mean everybody on that on that crew was just a solid unit you know what i mean i mean there were some oddballs like there are in every massive arena (laughs) tour but but like you know getting to know everybody and and demi's girls i mean holly and jill and Caroline and and all of that. I mean, they just they were definitely a, a tight bunch. Like you mess with them, like you might as well just you might as well just go. It's just yeah. Just but they had everybody. They had the best interest of the of the group in mind. So, um, you know, they're the protectors of the queen. <laughs> I know for me, I'll say too, like 
again, having having started my relationship with you know Len, Lenny Lenny for uh, you know for you as an example, you know, uh, like my role on that first tour with you guys was you know I was production manager in the uh, front of house for Christina. So what happened behind 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 the scenes wasn't so much of my concern, but whatever happened from the dock to the stage to front of house and the anything that involved our production and our show, I mean, I, I was I, I worked with many many stage managers in my in my time before that on you know amphitheater tours and arenas and stadiums all that stuff. But when we all met Lenny, our crew with with Christina, it, that's where we truly truly learned uh, the real do's and don'ts of what it is to be a professional headlining. Uh, and not only to be a professional support act, which was just something we had to master, but to d set your goals to becoming the guy or the girl, you know, just the, the, the person, the top of the chain. And I remember it was very apparent to us. I mean, the first, second day, I don't, I don't really remember like our very first talks, Lenny, but I just remember the huddle with my team after that first show and, and being like, Hey, like, like this is this is the guy. Like this is our chance. This is the guy. This is the this is the one you see. You can tell. I mean, any like Cliff, you you know you, you'll get to know Lenny more and more as the years go on. But it's like Lenny's a very spiritual guy. I mean, he's a very the aura, the the presence around him is is uh, you you just don't really have to say much. And it's probably after years of knowing him, but even from those initial days, you just know the way he's talking, how he's talking, who he's talking to and the way he's talking to them. Like they're all little tricks of the trade that you learn along the way. And, uh, and I'm super grateful for that because it, it, it not only helped me, but it helped these other guys on my team who were younger than me at the time and who really needed, uh, for what lack of a better term, that, that father figure on the road, somebody to, to kind of, you know, uh, figuratively give you the bop on the back of the head, like, Hey, like, don't, don't do that again. Like, yeah. you know, trust me. Perf true, don't true say professional, that. true professional guidance, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it don't, you know, here's what you say to the steward at the end of the day, not because you're bullshitting him. And if that's, that is like the key point with Lenny, like you're not, you're not, there's no BS, but when you go and butter someone's bread, like, yeah, you're buttering someone's bread. You're not like, you're not, <laughs> you are doing something to to kind of help a situation. But it when it when you can tell that it comes from a good heart and uh, <clears throat> and someone who has no ulterior motives and there's just no, I don't know, there's nothing else but behind what, what's going on. Uh, <clears throat> we really learned a lot. And some of these guys who are in that crew have gone on to do massive stuff and uh you know Lenny I'm not trying to <clears throat> I'm not trying to brown nose you but you know it's it is little there's just so many details about what our life is and uh <clears throat> the communication factor is the is the biggest thing I mean, and by communication I mean not sometimes not saying anything like just communication yeah. whatever it is uh I brought up the story uh when Cliff you and I were doing our kind of pre-interview I brought up the whole story about uh the um the the show with with Sia and uh and on stage in 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 uh in the UK <clears throat> the last festival with Bieber's stage and and uh and the stage manager come out and freaking out and and uh <clears throat> that, I mean I'll let you guys chip in but the, but the bottom line the, the the cliff note of the story was <clears throat> we showed up what, what, where was it Hav middle of nowhere field of 
Remember we did two identical. Yeah, it was, the, it was, it was like the Verizon or something, <laughs> or, or I forget what, what festival it was, but it, yes, Matching it was pouring, 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 pouring rain. Pouring, pouring rain. Similar festivals that were uh, each day, a day apart in two different cities. And we, and this was, I believe this was the final show of, of that, uh, of that run, right? Yeah, I think so. Or the second, or the second to last or something. <clears throat> Either way, we were there, we were like seven in the morning, flew in, <clears throat> we get shuttled to the, to the site. We're the first on, there's nobody there. There's a security guard who's asleep at the post. We're driving in. And we're just going in to scope the scene and just figure out what, what we're looking at. Claim our, <clears throat> stake our claims on stage and just get everything dialed in. And we showed up and walked on stage and no one was there. I mean, no, nobody. Tarps were on everything. Yeah, it rained so bad the night before. And and uh, and we get on and we're all tired and we're just kind of mulling around. And well, there's probably, there's probably 10, 15 of us or something like that. And uh, all of a sudden, this big, tall, just, you know... I don't know. This this guy just what the fuck is going on here? He's fucking he's coming on stage and oh this guy is red. He's just red hot and he's loud and just he's echoing through this massive festival stage, like out into the fields. I mean this guy was his presence was unbelievable. Like and we none of us were ready for it. He came in thinking we were starting to call the shots and we we want this we want that and and uh, he just starts going on a tear and. Uh, and our our uh, our carpenter, our lead carpenter, this is with Sia. Uh, our lead carpenter Min goes up, and he had Min had known the guy. He I I believe he had the night before they were there. Night before they did they did they did the advance loading. Yeah, so Min had been in the night before to scope stuff out. They had kind of made a rough plan, but again, our crew, what we do with any act we were with, we go in and we. And it's like what Javier does to, uh, you know, why he's the best at what he does is he gets all of us together and knows that all of us know exactly what we have to handle to get our job done, which we all know is just we're all pieces to this puzzle. So he hires the right people to go in there and cover their things. He's not going to micromanage you. He's not going to do anything. So we had gone on that stage to just let's hey, audio crew, Vamanos, let's go. Let's let's go. You know, let's go over here in this corner and figure out what we're going to do lighting team over here video over here you know carpenters over here so that's all we were doing we weren't we weren't like shitting where we were going to eat or doing it like we were just <laughs> scoping it out walking around so this guy comes in hot and he's just on fire and so min who you know he's just got this spicy little spiciness to him too he's you know he's trying to reason with this guy just please sir i remember just please sir please just listen to me please no no yeah fuck it i'm not gonna give it he is just this guy's ready to just just shut the whole thing down i mean just like you're done i'm done with you all you've disrespected my stage you've disrespected my space like i'm done i'm done with this and min is just up against him please sir please and so just then uh, I think Javier, you guys go on with the story. Do you remember? I, I don't remember the exact sequence. I remember what was said. Uh, uh, I, I just I, I saw I saw this interaction happening, and 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 this kind of goes back to the top of the conversation when I said you know a lot of things happen when you're extremely tired and you have to make very quick decisions and you have to make decisions that are hopefully are the right decisions because uh, as Lenny would say you know within the first minute is going to dictate your whole day and how your day is going to go, whether it's going to be an easy day or a hard day. And so 
um, I, I, I kind of walk up on stage a little, a little behind the boys and they had already been looking around, sniffing around the stage, kind of seeing where stuff was going to go. And I saw this interaction happening with the, with the festival stage manager and, and our carpenter. And I, I saw it about to just get really heated really fast. And so I just kind of <laughs> reached over Min and I, I kind of by the back of his collar and Lenny and I pulled him back and Lenny just slid right in like you like like a little ninja almost you would never know <laughs> and took over the conversation and I think this is where you're going Adam because this, so basically because you <laughs> after <were>. that <laughs> so you uh yeah you basically Min still pleading you see Lenny walking over right as Lenny is like two feet away you didn't say a word you're standing behind Min and you just reached out and you grabbed him by the back of his head, like a like a mama cat to a baby cat. <laughs> and you just pulled him. He was just like, but please. And you pulled him out. And Lenny, you sw- I And I know because I was I was seeing it from that angle. You Lenny just dips right in, right up in front of the guy with his hand sticking out. And he meets this guy's eyeline about six inches from his face. And he goes, hey, man. And he kind of looks at his hand. And the guy looks down at Lenny's hand. He goes, Lenny Rogers, nice to meet you. <laughs> and, like, I'm not, it's no joke. The guy was instantly like, oh. And then Lenny just goes, listen, I'm not here to talk. I personally am not here to talk to you about all the things that you have said. I, I wasn't here for those conversations. I don't know what to say. All I'm interested in is where we go from here. And the guy... The guy literally, he had to just shake his head like a cartoon, like, like, you're not fighting me anymore. What's going on? And Lenny just did some Navajo trick of, of just like, and, and I'm not even kidding. The guy, guy comes and Lenny kind of puts his arm around him and they just start walking. They start walking backstage, talking very quietly the whole time. Yeah, you hear like, yeah, okay. And so the guy goes out the upstage right door, uh, backstage, can't see him. Lenny comes back. Everyone's just quite, like silent, like jaws to the floor, just like, oh, my God. Because we just honestly felt that feeling like this guy was going to ruin our entire day. And, like, the Today Show hasn't even started yet. And, like, so we're – so all of a sudden, within two minutes, the guy comes in through the upstage left door – with a case of water and a bag of chips and some fruit and all that stuff, <laughs> and, and a hot and a hot tea for Lenny. <laughs> he's got a hot towel and oh, he's got everything. He he comes Lenny, up to each, I'm not kidding. He comes true story. He comes up to each and every station. The audio guys, the video guys, Radu's over there like hello, and they're just they're he's greeting everybody and he's giving people water and he's apologizing for what he just said. I mean, he wasn't even talking to me and he's coming up and like. Like, can I get you anything? Like, whatever you guys need, you let me know. I apologize for my attitude. It, like, this was not the guy who apologizes for his attitude. Like, he wasn't that person. But, like, Lenny went into him like a spirit and just, like, took control. But, but like, all joking aside, I, it, it was honestly, it was one of those just brilliant. Like, I'll never forget that moment of just, re- like, so many factors. It's not just, like, what how Lenny said what he said and what he said, but, like, Javier's cue of just knowing, like, dude, Min, you're done. Like, the no offense, but, like, the expert's going in. And it was just – and it, that's exactly what needed to happen, and it happened. And we probably had one of the best – I mean, honestly, probably was one of the best shows ever. I mean, it was – 
an it, amazing it was, day. When, when, when Lenny, when Lenny like kind of grabbed the guy and kind of took him off to a conversation, it was kind of like, was it, was it Bill Murray at the Lost in Translation? Kind of like when he says it at the end, he whispers in her ear, like, you never know what he says. We never know what Lenny says. I didn't, <laughs> you know what I said to him? What? We're taking a walk and I'm looking at him, I go, he had on this bitchin' bomber jacket from the gig. I go, man, I'd like one of those in a size large if you could swing it, man. <laughs> I still got the jacket. <laughs> I still got the jacket. At the end of the night, he's bringing me up a bomber jacket from Britain. You know, with the gig, I was like, eh, no, nothing to it. I'm so these guys. But where people would have just, most people would have just, I mean, it's hard to know without being in the situation. People would have just snapped at this guy. You mother, you know, like just back and forth and all oh, the day just turned because, you know, this is what this guy did. You honestly, when you stop, you empathize. And we've all run shows like we know how it goes. That guy has probably taken crew after crew after crew at that festival of just just assholes. You know what I mean? Like just people that just they don't care about him. And, and finally, it was like one group that like is like, hey, dude, you know, we're headlining this basically. I mean, we were be right before Bieber, but like. We still care. We still want you guys to have a good show. We will bend over as however we need to to make sure that we walk out of here. And, and those and people, I mean, that's like our MO. People walk out being like, you guys, you guys were like, please don't leave. You know, and it feels really good when that happens because you, I don't know, you want your, you want vibes to be good when you leave. I mean, you don't want people talking about you. It's just not worth it, you know, unless they deserved it. But uh, well, Lenny, Lenny and I have always, have, have, I think, starting our working relationship many years ago. But we, you know, there's many a nights where we sat in the back of the bus and, and really kind of carved out our, our not just our personal working relationship, but the, 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 the. Um, I, w I wouldn't want to say appearance because that seems like it, it would cheapen it, but how we would want to present ourselves, not just as professionals, but have the crew present themselves and make the artist shine in the best light possible. Um, and so we've really, really worked on carving that out of, of presenting a really positive um, attitude and really pushing a, a positive work agenda out there. Right, Lynn? Kind of yeah, I mean, it goes back to, uh, you know, surrounding yourself with people you have confidence in, period. That's all there is to it. I mean, you surround yourself with people that you know as tired as you are and as screwed up as things are, they're not going to blow. They're not going to blow. You're blah. And it's like I've said to people before on our crew that we travel with, if I'm not freaking out, mm. there's nothing out here worth freaking out over. There's not. It doesn't always go that way. We all know that. TC, you know that better than anybody. It doesn't always go that way. Um, you, you know, it's, it's funny uh, when you talk about, like, uh, the, the people, uh, you know, you guys representing the artists. And I'm, you know, I'm just sitting here thinking about it, you know, because, you know, talking to you guys and you guys doing what you do and, you know, also looking at it from a fan standpoint, you know, as fans, you know, we, we look at the artists and, you know, you go to the shows, again, a lot of, a lot of people don't really think about the team that is helping put that together, but on obviously being in the industry and thinking about the other side of it, right? The the people that you guys are dealing with on that side and you know how where like yes, they deal with they're dealing with the artists to an extent, but but they're 
more so dealing with you guys. And so that that whole thing about the representation, like it, you know, it's like there's two sides. There's there's two sides to the same coin, right? You know, the artist is on the face on one side, and then like you guys are like the face on the other side. So just thought that was when you when it, you said that, that's what came to mind for me. It is it is key, and and. and <clears throat> Adam and I work kind of like on the flip side where we will represent a, a show, a festival, a production or something like that. And we receive artists. So we'll we'll have artists, you know, come to our stage, whatever it may be. If I'm, you know, if I'm in California doing Bottle Rock or, or, or you know, you're in Maine. Um, like, so we know how artists and artist teams can be. We understand people being tired. We understand people being short staffed, all of those things. And knowing that side and knowing that when those teams, when that artist bus rolls away at the end of the night and you say, wow, that, uh, that Ariana Grande, that was a tough show. They were, that was a, that was a terrible crew. Not saying that Ari's crew is bad. I'm just as an example. And so it's, it's unfortunate because what you put on that artist is their crew that representative? We never come in contact with the artists. We, us as production people on a festival or some of that, we don't come in contact with them. But what you say in your brain is like, wow, that's a t- that that was a that was a tough situation. And so when we are on the other side of that, and we're 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 the exact mirror of it, we would I should speak for myself. I would never want someone to walk away and say, wow, C is crew is awful or Demi's crew is awful or any any of them like I wouldn't want them to say that so we I really go uh really strive to 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 have a professional relationship with with everyone that's uh that's on the flip side you know it's the shaking hands at the end of the night it's it's a please it's a thank you it's listening it's understanding their side of whatever they're presenting um, and really, it's laying, it's laying on the ground next to him, side stage, encore break, wonder it, you know, telling him you can do it. You can do it. <laughs> yeah, you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> Got to do it. I, Come on. I think you're. I think yeah, you're really. I think you're really. Uh, you're just really conscious of it because yeah, it's true. I mean, I I work a house gig back home. We're we're a, a working rock theater, 2,500 cap that does 130 shows a year, and like. Yeah, you, you're absolutely. We're guilty of it back home here too. Like you just, you can blame the, you can blame the crew for it when it or. Yeah, when you're when the you are able to blame the crew, I guess it doesn't it doesn't matter if the artist was amazing, if the show is incredible and the best lighting show I've ever seen. If the crew sucked, that artist can you know they can go somewhere. Like I don't, I'm easy. I'll I'll take the blame for it too. If you're with a bad crew. And you have people who are just total dicks. Like you're just like you know you're walking out of there with the crew going, God, like please leave. They're tapping at the door, and you guys still showering. You know, like they're still just like get out of here. You have to leave. <laughs> you guys are full of stories. It's it's really yeah. I mean there are there are obviously a lot of stories. You know, and a, a little side note. I mean just just to tidy up this portion of, of what we're chatting about. I, I was uh, uh, asked by by. Uh, Lidditz and Rock Lidditz, the, the team out there, um, to join their career day uh, last week, or maybe two weeks ago. 
and it was chatting uh, something like 400 guests, uh, students, college students and stuff like that, that were, it's a virtual career day via Zoom, you know, and and since um, out there in Lidditz, Rock Lidditz and, and Tate Towers and, and Claire and all these big production companies that are out there, uh, they're all uh, have representatives um, and Rock Lidditz uh, had asked me to represent as a production manager and present to the students and then go off in a, in a, on a side chat and then speak with students one-on-one. And I did. So, you know, we're big two, three hour session of, of, of speaking and having students speak and questions and back and forth. And so I'm in a breakout room via Zoom and I'm talking to, I think it's maybe six or eight students just individually who wanted to speak specific to a production manager, you know, and have production manager questions. And so they're, they're, they're shooting me with all sorts of stuff. I mean, everything from, you know, logistics and budgeting and, and all of these things. And uh, there was this young lady who says, I have a question. And she says, I work in theater in my in my college, in my university. And I'm really interested in going into live music and production as a either production manager, stage manager. It's something I really have a passion for. She says, but I hear and I see so much negativity in the crew and the people that tour in the music industry. She goes, why are they so negative? And I just, I was, I was, I, I was like, yeah, wow. I, I literally, I was just taking, and I would, and, and because that's like someone putting a mirror right in your face. And I said, you're absolutely right. I, 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 you are absolutely right, you know? And I've really, and I, and I know Lenny will echo this, is really trying to, to, to turn that beast around and have a positive outlook and be, especially now, be thankful for what you have out there because all of us are sitting at home on our butts wishing we had a gig, you know? So we all complain when we do have a gig and now we're really complaining when we don't have a gig, you know? So I, I, I really, really don't want that image of the industry to be out there because it is, you know, the cranky roadie kind of vibe is out there and it just kind of, it's this ugly line that runs through the industry. And I, I would, I would one one person at a time, one venue at a time, one promoter rep at a time. I <laughs> like to change that perception and let them know that these guys right here, the extended crew, there's many more of us. We walk into a venue. We want to be positive. We want to have an open, honest conversation. We want to be able to make this show happen. And we're, you know, we want to we want to do this and we want to do it and we want to be positive doing it. Right, Lynn? I mean, th- yeah. that's what I told her. It's like, I am literally trying to make that change. And all I could do is just change with myself. And then you said, all right, got it. All right. Now you're, you're done. <laughs> Any more questions? <laughs> you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> no. But right, Lynn? I mean, isn't that the... No. No, absolutely. Look, guys, it's a rough and tumble job. That's how all this got started 30 years ago. These guys had nicknames like Chainsaw. And, I mean, this, I mean, literally, there's a guy named Chainsaw. I mean, there's a, it was a rough and tumble world, and people, people got into the business because they didn't want to be told what to do. 
That's when they went out and they, they traveled like gypsies and they were with a band. And they, <laughs> this is why they got into the business because they didn't want to conform. They were nonconformists. So they got out there where they could party, do what they want, get on down the road and do it again in the next town. So it is getting more gentrified, as you can say, but but I would have to ask that young lady, where did you get your information from? You know, who told you this or did you read this in Rolling Stone or have you experienced it yourself? And was it, I, I, think, uh, I think she had worked um, at, a, at, at a local a local venue. I think it was a local venue yeah. club kind of thing. You know, okay. and, and she yeah, she's had a, and, she's a runner. She's a runner. She's any <laughs> like anybody that does these where they're back in the dressing room with the people, just like God, it, you it, guys it just, are miserable. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. No. And and I, I think I think there's a I think there's also like a big difference, even just from the the experience I have uh, having like worked with the. <laughs> the the small artists that I've worked with and booking them uh booking shows for them in small you know clubs and stuff like I think there's there's a and I mean there I'm sure there's like some of the same thing going same things going on but I, I think there's a it, at least for me it, I think there's a difference between like uh you know doing something in smaller I don't know I don't even know what I'm talking about. Like, cause I'm just, <laughs> like I'm, I don't know. Like the crews are all. I guess what I'm because now I'm thinking about. It, I'm like, heck, whether it doesn't matter the size of the venue. Like you have people like that all over. I guess was, yeah. what I'm trying to say is like, I I just feel. I guess like I, I don't know. I just had this perception that there might there might not be as much of that with like, uh, you know, people who uh do bigger who do bigger productions who travel and. I agree with that. <laughs> you're, you're exactly right. I do agree. The budget that. is there where you could staff it and sometimes even overstaff it. You know, you can have spares rolling around with you. And if one doesn't work mm-hmm. and somebody falls <laughs> off, you're still, <laughs> you're still covered. You know, and that's that's yeah. like that's I, I, I mean, and I, I'm not and not to say like these these uh these big superstar artists have it all together, but because uh, I, I just I know but when I think about like the smaller acts um that are like trying like you know trying to make a name for themselves like i i understand that they can be truly a headache sometimes um it comes to uh you know preparation because like i even one of the artists that i've worked with like was a headache for me like in me I'm constantly on the phone or emailing the venue and trying to make sure this is taken care of and, you know, and, you know, going back to the artist and relaying that message like, hey, you need this or they need that. They, they need this from you in order to do this and all that other kind of stuff. So, you know, you know, what you need to do is like <clears throat> you you almost need to just you need to take the artist and the popularity and all of that stuff. And you need to like you need to be able to set it aside, compartmentalize it. And you have to, I know for me personally, I won't speak for everybody else, but for me, I'm a, I'm a humble guy. Like I'm not a, I'm not Mr. Social media crazy. I'm not whatever. I've, I, I use the same attitude with, with Sia and, uh, with that I did with my very first, my very first artist that I was with, you know, where I like, I'm able to just put everything aside and just be a, be a normal, you know, a, personable guy and uh and be able to um to to navigate kind of in your own way and be able to know that i mean nobody likes a mr know-it-all i mean the the when people deal are dealing with crew people 
there's you could be the smartest guy in the world. But again, it goes back to the communication thing. I mean, you just you have to know when it's right to say something, when it's not right to say something, where all of your skills that you think, you know, you're able to kind of like put a break on for a second and check yourself to be like, wait, do I like do I really know? And that's where that like that true kind of humbleness comes from where you're able to just you are able to just swallow and and be like, you know, and and willing to listen to the people next to you and all these things. So um, that's where I feel like the negativity from a lot of crew people. I mean, this is just it's such an interesting career that you it's not built for everybody. I mean, it's like what you said, Lenny. I mean, it, it, it's just a it's it's a career that a lot of people fall into that that quickly realize they're not made for it, but don't they're they're too proud uh, to to be able to kind of like turn around and be like, well, I used to do rock and roll, but I do this now, which there's no shame in it, but they don't even know how to tell shame. Like they just true, you know, I I don't That's know. So really, you said Adam exactly, man. And then I'm kind of concerned with the generation come up that. It's company up that thinks everybody gets a trophy. Guess what? There's no <laughs> trophies out here, man. No, There's no, no trophies. trophies. Yes. There's no trophies. There's, that trophy no. is that pizza on the bus. You're after trophies. Trophies four hours of sleep. Did you, yeah. did you get a clean towel? You yeah. got a clean towel Seriously. to shower with? Yeah. There's your trophy. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. It's hard. It's hard, hard, hard work. Every every, every one of these guys will agree. It is. It, it's hard work and don't think that you're going to get a pat on the back, that quote unquote trophy, that thank you from anyone at any given time. All you can do is, you know, toast each other at, at you know, at the bar at the end of the night, hopefully, and, and say, hey, you know, we got through that one. And that's a, that's about the extent of it. And you move on literally to the next one because a few hours later, that loading's coming. So it's, it's work. It's very 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 hard work physically mentally emotionally especially emotionally um and it'll get you if, but it's if, very yeah. true that every that every show you do you are you are putting a an impression on the people in this in the city that you were in and all this stuff and you just never know and i i tell these i tell people all the time like you know when they say how do you how do you do it after, night after night and how do you you know it's like you ha again you going back to that kind of humble attitude you have to realize that every single night whether you've done it for five nights in a row and this is like uh, you're getting to a part of the show or you're working out something and it's still not working whatever but the audience doesn't know any of this stuff they are just there seeing it for the first time so you have to be able to just again swallow that whatever it is and just be like it's not about me in these moments, but it kind of is and kind of like it's depending on us, but it's not about us. And that's a weird trip, man. I mean, we've all seen crew members of our own who have come and gone who are just guys that can't get over the fact that like, dude, it's just not about you. Like Amen. you are you play an important role, but it has nothing to do with you. That is where that is where us on this video chat that's where we all come in with each other that's right. like that's exactly i can leave the show and i know the audience might not even know or this guy might not even know but i can sit down in javier's production office at the end of the night and he'll and he'll kind of just sit there and look over and be like that was a good one tonight and it's just like yes. <laughs> like i don't need to go tweet about it i just want to know like for me internally what i care about and what will eat away at my brain for the next 24 hours until the next one that like 
yeah, we did it. That was a success, and everybody's uh, happy, and we're good. I, and and, it, it means and I would say, I would say, uh, you know, it, 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 on this call, and again, you know, I come back to to to, to TC and his and his chair and where in his job position, uh, because again, I've been there. Is there is no one else on in that audience that knows anything about what is going on in his world. You know, him doing monitors for for an artist. I mean, Adam, you're out in front of house. Lenny, you're making stage movements, stuff's moving, curtains are coming in, stuff's happening on time and all that. But TC's just back there and just doing the grind and not getting a word from anyone. We don't even hear what he does. <laughs> we, you know, we, we barely see what he does, you know. Uh, and And so really being able to have um, self-confidence and, and, and self-reassurance and being able to know that what selflessness. Am, yes, and what I am doing is up to my own personal standards, yes. you know, that that is is good enough, not just for the people that are on stage that I'm that I'm trying to work for, but are is good enough for me personally. Uh, it, right, T? Like, I mean, if I'm not pulling my weight, then it it really does affect the show. Yeah, hundred you know? percent. Yeah. So the performance is going to suffer for sure. Yeah, one of the most important jobs out there, absolutely. Because if it it, it really it, it's it's the first step outside of the of the artist performance is that monitor engineer. You know that that's that first step because if they especially nowadays, you know, with in ear monitors and whatnot, but you know, TC's kind of setting setting the pace for the night in terms, of, in terms of the crew because you know if it's a bad monitor night, which we've all experienced, Ooh. you know that artist is going to be snapping at at at, at Lenny, you know, at Lenny on a quick change and going, "What the f is going on?" Blah 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 blah, and then that can throw him off. It could throw the band off. They could have a bad performance, missing cues, hitting wrong notes. Therefore, it sounds bad in the audience for Adam. So, again, you know, a position like TC's is is so key, yet no one knows. <laughs> no one. It is, it know, is absolutely. The, never. No. Yeah. It's the most under underappreciated, under most knowledgeable important, yes. most important most important absolutely and and uh and the most selfless gig because truly people don't know they they know what it's like oh you do the sound well what i hear yeah okay audience member sure but you they have no wait the band isn't like listening with like the speakers turned around so they just see here <laughs> like no it's a whole world it's a universe that you don't even have permission to go into like you you are but it but truly i mean without getting too specific javier i remember uh being in seattle lenny you were there too uh a couple years ago and uh i mean i don't really want to get too specific but i will say for the sake of the story that we were out at front of house and i think you were out there with me javier uh and the artist just started getting all mad and real like real real mad throwing stuff and you know and just spitting and doing other stuff and just things that we were like what is happening wow. and the whole time the the monitor mix was uh was had just been obliterated i mean that it this person was having a incredibly difficult time performing the show 
And it happened without, again, it's something you don't hear what they are hearing up there. And, and I mean, the show was, was a disaster. I mean, it was an absolute disaster. And the crowd had, couldn't have had any idea. You know what I mean? I mean, it just, it was one of those things that, I mean, no, nothing else that you saw, if you just walked in, you would have no idea why, but um, it really spiraled into something, a, a greater conversation and a great, I mean, just, there was way more to dissect there than just like, well, you know, it's night, some nights it's just uh, like, no, it was a very, like it, it turned into a multi week and month discussion of how to fix the things. And I, so I, you know, and it's not so much about the conversations, but just the fact that uh, it's just part of that, those, the puzzle pieces again, like everybody just has to play their part. And unfortunately with someone like TC, I mean, you, you know, you just, you have to be you in it be for, for the right for the artist. If they're not, yeah. you know, then yeah. you know, we get blamed. I can tell you a story. He won't mind me telling it. So I was working for Meatloaf. And uh, <laughs> you know, one night he's, hey, just, he's gonna welcome any talk about him at this point. He's just <laughs> like, like you're talking about me. <laughs> he's out there and he's just struggling, and so he's like, and usually, you know, we would just like it was easy, always easy. I was with him for so long, and he's just started looking over at me, and he's like, kind of giving me like the what the fuck and all this stuff, and I'm like, geez, what is going on, you know? And so. I was all worked up, man. I was like, what is going on? Like, this isn't good, you know? So as soon as the show ended, I muted the board and I walked straight to the dressing room and I go in there and I go, you know, first of all, it ain't cool to call someone out from, from the stage, you know? Yeah. So I go into his dressing room and I go, I go, hey, what are you mad at me? He goes, what are you talking about? I go, you, you motherfucked me from the stage. What are you doing? That ain't cool. <laughs> and he goes, oh. No, no. <laughs> I was having a hard time tonight. He goes, it can't. You know, it can't be my fault. <laughs> I was like, what? He goes, I'm like, no, everything's cool. Everything's cool. You're doing a great job. He goes, I was just having a hard night. I was like, <laughs> he, that's see now that's a seasoned professional to know that. Yes. Hey. I'm going to blame the monitors <laughs> And everyone who writes a review is going, Meatloaf, great show, terrible monitor mix. <laughs> <laughs> monitor mix ruins show. Yeah. <laughs> Tim Coakley, comment? <laughs> it's true, though, man. Tell me love. But TC, you got you to gotta tell the other part of it, dude. You got to tell the other part of it. What, what do you mean, what's that? When he comes off and he's laying on the ground, what an oxygen. Come on, tell him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Every night. I'll sit, so I'll he, sit back for this one. <laughs> he would come, you know, he's a big guy, and he would put it all out there, man. I mean, when I first started with him, you know, he was doing three hours. And, uh, yeah, he would come off for the encore, and he would flop on the ground. And uh, we would always have an EMT with oxygen ready. And... I think they just thought it was cool to be on the side of the stage. Like how many, how many EMTs get, get a call to just bring oxygen to a concert, you know? And so we're just this, this EMT always, it was like, they'd just be sitting there and then he would flounder on the ground and they would be like, they would really think that there was something wrong. And really he was just kind of, that was just his routine. Like he would just, <laughs> he would just fall on the ground and he would just roll around soaking wet with sweat. And 
Yeah, sometimes I would just get down and lay, lay next to him and and just talk to him. <laughs> hey, me. So are we doing another song or what? You know? <laughs> I can't do it, T. I can't do it, T. Rolling around. Would you roll around with him? <laughs> See, you said you always used to you just go and step over him. And then, yeah, once in a while, I would just step over him and the EMT would be freaking out and just go, let's go, buddy. I mean, come on, time's money. <laughs> the first time he told me that story, TC says, I'm laying on the ground next to him, just like him. And I look over at him. I'm like, are we going to do this or what, pal? <laughs> like, okay. That's so good. That's uh, so funny. That is so funny. funny. Um, you, <laughs> I got to say, you guys, you guys have been awesome. It's different. It's different having everybody on camera, all of us having this conversation only turned mine off because my internet so <laughs> but uh um yeah definitely definitely awesome awesome you know getting to talk to all of you guys at the same time i can only imagine what it's like in, being in person uh, which i I'm, i'll be looking forward to that day for sure so hopefully it's Absolutely. not too far off <laughs> seriously seriously we look forward to it yeah. Tell you when we make our way over there, we're gonna get you there. We're gonna get you. You're gonna turn up in the morning, do it from start to finish with us. Breakfast, yeah. yeah. Breakfast, oh, hey, hey, yeah. hey! I am down for that. I haven't done Give that in gloves. so long since I rolled with Jeff, and I tell you, uh, those are those are some good times, man. It's it's. I love the grind. Mm -hmm. I love the moments when it's all said and done. It's all over. You had a good show, and you look back and. You know, because, you know, it's hard work during the day. It's tiring. But when it's all done and you're like, man, that was worth it. I, I would do that again. <laughs> well, yeah, because you do do it again and you right. do it again and again and again. But and it, it is. Has it's, 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 it's just, it's just <laughs> it has like to be worth show. it. It has it's to be worth like it. As, 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 Six hours from now, we're going to be doing this again, right? <laughs> so bring two right. pair of shoes. As Lenny tells the youngins that come in on the crew, he's like, Never, ever, ever get your paycheck and do the math on the hours that you work. He goes, because you will be disappointed. <laughs> do you remember that? How the year? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we do, we'll do a 40 hour week within the first two days. <laughs> got a young guy out with us. Good, good kid, man. Really wants it. I really respect him. And we're too, gosh, we're two weeks in at this point, right? Javier, we, we go somewhere for work. We're sitting there. It's like, what do you guys want? It's like, I don't care. Just Javier's like, let's go get ramen. So we're sitting there in a booth. And you know, it's one of these uh, long days and this and that. And we're just quiet. And I look over at this kid and I go, you do the math yet? <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, we're 60 hours in, dude. You're making four bucks an hour. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, you're in. You're finishing this thing, man. We're doing this. You're going to be here to the end. It's like, yeah. four bucks an hour. Don't do the math. Yeah. Don't do the math. 